Hey, K-pop cast listeners, this is another K-pop chat episode. We typically save these for moments when we need a break from programming and we just put on a recording from a past K-pop chat, but this conversation seemed very timely, so we're putting it out right away. So of course, again, this is a mobile recording, so audio quality isn't as great, um, but we're here to talk about K-pop concerts. Okay, well, I think we're at time to start, so I'll let everyone introduce themselves and then uh, we'll hand it over to Liz. But it looks so allowing people to introduce themselves. Um, I'll go in the order as you appear on my screen. Um, so if you just want to introduce yourselves to the audience and then talk about why this topic matters to you. Um, so Liz, you're up first. Hi, this is Liz. I'm a longtime fan of K-pop, and I am a multi-stan of K-pop and K-drama podcasts, and I'm just excited for concerts. They're my favorite part of K-pop, and I'm excited for them to come back. So that's why it matters to me. Wonderful. And then up next, we've got Mumbai Bay Nation. Hi, this is Mama B Nation. Um, my name is Chrissy. Um, and actually, we have one of our other admins on the space as well. Her name is Kat. Um, she goes by Nunu's Nuna. Um, yeah, we're happy to be here. Welcome. And up next, we've got Standing BTS. Hi, this is Kayla with Standing BTS. Um, super excited to join the chat this week and talk about all of the concerts coming up. Obviously, most pertinent to us would be the BTS concerts in LA. And up next, we've got Carolina. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Carolina. I'm one fourth of Natural Rich Fangirls, a K pop podcast. And I love concerts. It's kind of like my personality trait, I would say. So uh, I'm just excited to talk about that. I love live events. So, yeah. And up next, we've got Lily. Oh my gosh, so sorry. I was literally like writing a tweet telling people to come join the space. Um, but yeah, I'm Lily. I'm a music industry professional and a longtime K-pop fan. Um, like Carolina said, my literal like personality trait is going to concerts. <laughs> Um, in high school, I was known as the concert girl. People would always be like, so Lily, like, what's the next concert? So I'm like super, super excited that um, they're getting back to speed um, safely. Of course, I'm hoping that everyone's staying safe and I'm super excited. And I was also traumatized by the BTS ticketing last week. So exciting to talk about that, but also PTSD. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we can all uh, let our emotions out and uh, recover from it. Um, okay, so up next we've got Jay or simply Jay. Jay, how do you prefer to be go to be go to go by? Jay is just fine. And um, hi everyone, I am Jay. I am a writer for the Craze Magazine. I am also a host for the Craze Cast. Um, and I'm just so excited to be around people and around people who are fans of groups. So I am a multi-stan, so I love just going to the concerts. I love being in the atmosphere and that adrenaline rush of being at a concert. So that's what I really miss. Um, I have other thoughts on the BTS concert tickets, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> cool, and then up next we've got Girls With Fun Pod, or, B or GWF, BTS, or, sorry, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, thanks, Peter. Hi, this is Kalea. I am one half of the Girls with Fun podcast. We are a BTS podcast. 
Um, and I just went through the bloodbath that was getting tickets for the BTS concert with Julie, my co-host. Uh, I'll let Julie talk next. The other 50% of Girls With Fun joining from my stand account, because as I mentioned, when we joined, we weren't sure about both of us being on from different places at the same time. Um, yeah, like everyone else just lived through the collective trauma of ticketing all over again. Um, yeah, lots of feelings. I'll try not to be uh, the girl from Mean Girls like crying in the gym, but it may happen regardless. So anyway, so happy. And I don't think you're alone in that, Julie. I don't. I don't know if it's on my end, but every now and then, like um, your mic seemed to be muted. Maybe I don't know if maybe your hand might be covering the microphone on your phone or something. So it might just be me. And then, last but not least, um, we've got uh, new news. Nuna, we. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you introduce yourselves. But the other half of uh, our Mom Bebe contingent here. Hi, um, I'm Kat. I'm the other one of the other admins for Mom Baby Nation. Um, I've been to a few Monsex concerts and the actual like collaboration shows like Jingle Bash, Jingle Ball. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Welcome, everyone. And also shout out to Jeffrey Benjamin in the audience. What up, Jeff? I see you there. And as well as Sarah, Young Ajuma. It's great to see you both. I'm glad you can at least tune in for part of this week's conversation. All right. So with that, um, Liz, I'm going to hand it over to you to to give kind of the context and the background for this week's conversation. Yeah. So just to kind of catch everybody up, we were all there in February and March of 2020 when everything got canceled. All of the K-pop concerts in South Korea, all the overseas tours. And then by, you know, even by spring of 2020, the kind of virtual online K-pop concerts would hit the ground running. And we were all waking up at 3 a.m. or calling in sick to watch our favorite groups perform at those online shows. And now in the last year, there have been some small audience concerts and festivals in South Korea. It's coming back slowly, but full scale concerts are kind of back in the U.S. and many other countries. So here we are in fall of 2020 and we've got idols that attended fashion events in New York City and Paris. Um, groups like Black Swan, MFBTY, CL, and J are playing at international music and cultural festivals, and Monsta X had already rescheduled their 2020 tour for spring of 2022. But really, the big thing was a few weeks ago when BTS announced their concerts in LA in late November and early December, and that really opened the floodgates. Um, just this week, it was announced that Suju members, Super Junior members, are going to be performing in an event in Dubai. Uh, in December, Very Very and Monster X are going to be back in the U.S. touring and playing a Jingle Ball. And then both Twice and today, Epic High have said they're going to announce international and North American tour dates soon. So it really looks like it's on the horizon. It's happening. Um, and there are going to be interesting changes and already interesting challenges. So I thought maybe a fun way to just kick it off, because I know we've got a lot of trauma to address from this week. Um, is like, what are people most looking forward to in the return of in-person K-pop co events? What's what's the thing you're most looking forward to? Oh, yeah. And then quick reminder. So speakers, if you got something to say, um, just because we want to get fair line distribution, uh, if you can raise your hand using the raising your hand emoji, we, we know that you've got something to say and we can queue up speakers. So, um, so go ahead, raise uh, your hand if you got, uh, yeah, go ahead, Carolyn, kick us off for this first question. Hi, yes. So um, I feel like Liz, I think, said it um, 
that they were kind of waiting for BTS to like do something and I completely agree even before she said she had said anything um I think that that was definitely what other k-pop groups were waiting for especially for example um for Wannis once the fans found those like hidden um tour dates they got a lot of crap about it not them themselves but the company um like rbw got a lot of crap about it and how like how dare you have a concert like it's a pandemic blah 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 to the point that they obviously they were just like oh no like that was like for the year before and it was just never canceled blah 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 and they canceled that tour but i have a feeling that they had every intention of having it um but because of the backlash they kind of like had to back away I mean, we saw that once BTS dropped their dates, I mean, very, very dropped their tour, like, I want to say a couple days later. So I feel like Korean companies were waiting for BTS, the big, the top dogs, quote unquote, what, how they say, right? For them to announce something. Because if BTS did it then and didn't get any backlash, that means that smaller groups can't get any backlash now because, well, BTS is doing it. So it should be okay. So I definitely agree with that. But I am very excited for the concerts to be coming back. Alice, like, I'm also scared in the sense of, like, COVID. But I know that a, a lot of the venues are enforcing, like, you have to be vaccinated or you have to have, like, a negative COVID test and things like that. So at least at that point, I know that there will be some safety measures. Um, but at the same time, I'm very excited. And I think that because the USA is uh you know just mostly vaccinated i guess i'm i mean i don't i don't really know like the exact number i guess that's why they're kind of just taking that plunge and coming this way because maybe in korea is still not so safe to have a concert but here it is and i mean after a year almost two of no events like that's money that they're kind of just like we kind of need that so i'm excited also scared in the sense of just safety but at the end of it all, like, I'm hyped that concerts are coming back. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny as a DJ, sometimes you see gigs and people going out to events, you know, lots of people indoors in tight, crowded spaces. And, you know, COVID just doesn't exist there. You know, the pandemic just never reached those places. Okay, I'm just kidding. And one might even say that BTS paved the way in that regard in terms of opening concerts. Okay, so we'll go to Julie, and then we'll hand it over to um, Standing BTS uh, podcast. So after Julie's done speaking, go ahead and feel free to jump in Standing BTS. Thanks, and I switched my headset, so hopefully you all can hear me a little better now. Oh, um, so much better. Great. It's not girls with fun if, if I'm not on the struggle bus at some point. So, you know, just living up to my brand. Um, anyway, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most, um, and maybe this will kind of be gotten into a little bit later as well. Um, one thing I think is missing from online concerts is the fan-to-fan interaction. I'm so excited to meet um, a bunch of my mutuals for the first time ever, or maybe for the first time in two years, um, getting a whole group of people to go to a concert together. Um, I really only stand BTS at this point, so <laughs> maybe I'm uh, an outlier in this conversation, but I feel like there's a certain energy of at K-pop concerts uh, just between fans and such like a environment of acceptance that I really can't wait to be experiencing that again. 
Yeah, Julie, I agree with you completely. Um, that's definitely something that I cannot wait for is that fan experience with other fans um, is just an energy unlike something I've ever experienced before. Um, just being at a BTS concert or I'm sure other K-pop concerts too, there's such a camaraderie between fans in that fandom and um, it's just so special. Something else I'm really looking forward to is like as a BTS stan, I've been to every single virtual online streaming concert that they've had during COVID. But we've also seen the behind the scenes of how hard it is on these idols to perform to no one and how, you know, mentally taxing that can be. So just, I'm really excited just to see BTS perform on stage to fans and to, you know, have that fan interaction for them, not just for us, but for them because it's what they miss so much and it's what they need. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. So something like I was also thinking about to add on to that, like it's also an opportunity for these groups that, you know, during quarantine, during lockdown, we never really listened to before and we got into and now they have the opportunity to come here and experience seeing them live for the very first time. There are groups out there that have never even met their fans since their debut. And so having this opportunity, and I'm just looking forward to seeing all of these newer groups come when they are able to, of course, and getting to experience all of those concerts. There's definitely concerts that I had to pass pass on because of other like work and other things, and that now it's like, oh, I'm fully like into this group now. I really want to see them live. And so with everything starting to open up, at least concert-wise, it's like I finally get the chance to go to these concerts. And I'm so excited to see what it's like. And also hearing fan chants. I like you hear it like in through DVDs or through like online things, but it's not the same as hearing it in person. And so I'm so excited just to experience that again. Of course, I do want to put out there, like, if you still feel uncomfortable, like, being in a room, like, of course, there's safety measures and everything. Do what you feel is comfortable for yourself going to these concerts. If you don't feel comfortable still, it's okay. It doesn't make you bad as a fan. So, like, don't let that hinder you. And I just want to hope that, you know, if you do, if you miss out on this opportunity as the world is starting to open up and everything like that, hope for another opportunity for them to come. And also just, I hope fans are more respectful of boundaries of people this time around and maybe not so harsh with each other and just be there in the moment. Like, wow, we get to be in a concert together with fans once again. So yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, go, go ahead, jump in there, Carolina. Oh, so I was gonna say, just following along to what Jay just said about, like, if you don't feel comfortable, I know that there were a couple conversations on my timeline regarding that and how like, well, I love BTS. Like this was just because of the BTS ticketing. Like I love BTS, but I, I'm scared of going to a concert and things like that and, and I, exactly it's if you don't feel comfortable like that's okay just because you like they're having a tour does not mean that if you don't go like you're a bad fan type of thing I feel like if you you know don't feel comfortable being in the middle of that crowd then it's completely okay to not go because 
I have a feeling, honestly, just with BTS, that they will probably announce more tour dates. Um, and this is probably like a test run. But I think that after this, like, it's kind of like opening like the gates of all the concerts for K-pop. So I feel like if you don't feel comfortable now, then they will definitely have a show like later on that you might feel comfortable to go to, you know? So. Yeah, well, I can only hope, right? I mean, just given like the demand was already high for the map of the uh, Soul Tour and then there was limited you know, ticket availability for that. And now you just compound that with even more limited availability. It's just, nuts so hopefully yeah hopefully we get more of that thank you jay for your your words on on um just calling out to do what feels right uh, for you as a fan and, and not to get into what we often talk about that pressure to be quote-unquote the best uh k-pop fan um and i just want to read out syed's uh, tweets here who says that working in healthcare I am still scared. I see people every day who are not vaccinated not wearing masks and not admit that they are vaccinated it's frustrating um but also very scary, uh, he tweets. Um, so again, if you have questions, comments, you can tweet along, everybody, using the hashtag uh, K-pop chat. Let me also read one more. So uh, Cindy tweets, it feels so amazing to even be able to have these conversations again. Concerts hold such an important, such an importance to so many of us, hoping for things to keep getting better, uh, hashtag K-pop chat. So Liz, I, I think, what, did, do you think people answered your question? Is there more that you wanted to circle on there? No, I think that's I think that's pretty good. And now I, I'm yeah, I mean, I think we can get into maybe a little bit about like what what's going to change, what's going to look different, uh, you know, with some of the concerts in Korea that are opening up. But one of the safety measures is no cheering, no fan chants, no singing right now. So are we going to see big changes like that to how concerts go down internationally? I feel like personally, if anybody like tried to tell U.S. fans that they couldn't cheer and stuff, there would be literal riots. <laughs> so I don't know how that would work. But all right, let's go, Carolina. Then standing BTS. Yeah, like Lily said, at least here, I don't see that happening. At least, like in the USA, um, I think that even now, I mean, we're seeing like sports events and like concerts happening right now and uh people are just you know like it's like back to quote-unquote normal like everybody screaming everybody cheering so i don't think the k-pop acts are going to take that same measure i feel like that's a very i i i don't know if i want to say like a cultural difference but i don't think the public here will follow along to that they'll just be like it's a concert i'm gonna jam out i'm gonna scream and that's that yeah, pretty much ditto to what Lily and Caroline said. Um, yeah, I just don't see U.S. fans being respectful of those types of um, rules or regulations, even if they are put in place, um, or if that's going to be followed in the States. Like like was said, all these Western artists are touring all wet, already throughout the States. There's sporting events happening, um, people packed into stadiums and it's like everything's normal and that COVID doesn't exist anymore. So I can imagine that they wouldn't be acting the same way at any concert, not just a K-pop concert. Go ahead, Lily. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, to be honest, even before COVID, there were some K-pop concerts or like concerts in Japan where it's not like a policy, but where it's kind of discouraged to really like scream and go wild and go crazy. But 
Um, I mean, I've only been to concerts in the U.S. so far, so I can only speak to that. But I mean, also there are other music markets where people really go wild too. So I just, I don't see any, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that any of the groups that are coming here will do is just request masks um, or through the venue request masks or the tour promoter or whatever. But I don't really see it going any further than that just because of the difference in how people act at concerts. I do. One thing I do wonder about is whether high touch is going to come back anytime sooner if that's going to be on hold for a little bit longer. I know some groups aren't even doing it anymore, but I do wonder if that's going to be another year before we see that. Yeah, let's go Julie, then Lily. Yeah, um, I just wanted to like really emphasize what Liz just said. I am super skeptical about High Touch ever coming back. I think in a world where we know how quickly things can spread and we're so aware of like hygiene and like social distancing and things like that. I'm not, I hope I'm wrong, honestly, but I'm not convinced that high touch will ever come back. To be honest, um, I hate high touch and I hate the idea of it. Um, I just think it's so like money hungry to be like here, pay $500 and you can, literally go in a line for 2.5 seconds and high five your idols. I just think it's such a scam. <laughs> no offense to anyone who's organized K-pop concerts if you're in here, but like, what the heck is that? Um, and also I think that maybe, I don't, I've literally never thought of this before this exact moment, but like maybe they'll start doing more of a fan sign type vibe, type vibe where there's like um, a barrier in between how um, in-person fan sites have been um, proceeding now in Korea. I think that that could possibly be a good like replacement idea. Um, just have like the plastic shields or whatever between the fans and the idols. I think that could, that could possibly be a thing. I don't know if anybody else is thinking that, but. <laughs> we'll see. And and I think the point Lily is to be seen by your idol and yes, for the companies to make money. So I think that is the point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Carolina, then, then Jay. Actually, I believe, um, uh, I think it's Miyavi. They, he just had, like, he's doing, like, a tour right now. And I'm, he did meet and greets. The only thing is that, like, you had to wear a mask. He was also wearing a mask. And you're standing kind of, like, a little bit farther from each other. But you do get to talk to the person. So I have a feeling that be since that happened at, the, at this time, later on, I do believe High Touches will be back. Especially because, A, you have the companies that want money, but also, B, you have the fans that will want that interaction no matter, even if it's, like, five seconds of me high-fiving you. So, for example, I like getting high-touch at times just because sometimes the ticket is good and it just comes with, you know, you get to high-touch your item. And you're like, okay, cool. But I think that because of what happened with Miyabi, like, he's still doing meet-and-greets. I think that high-touch is probably still going to find a way to come back. Just tagging on also, I think like, right, like I think High Touch will come back um, in the non-K-pop sphere as of right now. Like I've noticed other people who are touring and going on conventions right now for their meet and greets, how they're doing it is that they do have that plexiglass barrier or you're like super spread 
far apart, which it looks funny when you look at the pictures, but I'm like, they're doing the things that they have, like they're doing the things to make sure everyone's safe. And so I think that might be an option for these people who are trying to have some sort of fan interaction. At least you get to see it if you're lucky enough. Um, it's an option. It's something there. So it's happening right now, especially here in the States. Um, the biggest comic convention, at least in New York, New York Comic Con just happened. And I know that they have tons of meet and greets. I believe they did signing as well, signings as well, but um, everybody's wearing a mask as you're going through the line and just making sure everybody's safe and comfortable with it. And I think it's going to happen I wonder how it's going to be ex executed. Is it going to be like that awkward? We're very much six feet apart from each other, looking awkwardly in the picture while the idol or group is on one side and you're on the other. And you're like, I'm so far apart. I would like to be closer, but, you know, with boundaries, respectful, of course. But we'll see how it goes. Cool. Um, so some tweets here from the audience. Um, Taylor tweeted earlier. I think our concert culture is so different compared to ones in Asia, even before the pandemic. So it'll be impossible to have the same rules as they do in Asian countries. And Taylor, I'm assuming you're you're in North America or or the U.S. somewhere thereabouts. Um, and let's see, uh, Danny Druther uh, tweeted here in Seoul. I have a feeling we'll still be in masks for a while post COVID. Less as a rule and more of a pre as a preference. I'm super curious what twice is. Soul concert situation is going to look like later this year. Yes, because we all know that that world tour is coming from Twice. Um, if it's one data point, uh, I did a K-pop like party random dance play a while back, and this was like right before Delta was was picking up. This was like right after um, uh, restrictions were being lifted. Everyone, as a requirement for that event. Um, we mandated that everyone had to wear a mask and everyone had to be va vaccinated. And I guess in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can get away with that. So everyone did wear a mask. And they all did the fan chants. So to, I think, Tiffany's point, like, it, it, I don't know, it's kind of hard to enforce, like, either you've got the rules or you don't. You, it's really hard to have, like, an in-between, at least as it pertains to North American concerts. Okay, so what, what do you guys think uh, the future of K-pop concerts will be do you think anything will change in this post-covid world um be it like in the performance style um maybe even in the stages do you guys think we'll continue to have virtual concerts and events like is that a lucrative thing um or is there more of a hybrid strategy will we have both in person and digital conferences events okay so let's go carolina girls with fun and then saying bts so i think there's definitely going to be that hybrid situation. Either they will have a day that's just online, but I think that mainly they'll probably do like a live concert, but you can pay to watch like a live stream of it. I think companies have found ways to, uh, I feel like once they started doing the online concerts that opened a whole new like market and like, you know, money grabbing strategy for them. But you also have fans that, you know, maybe they can't afford to fly to go see their idols. So they would rather just watch it live. I mean, back in the day, I mean, for One Direction and stuff, like there were people that were designated to like record each show and people would watch it, even if it was like a crappy, like, you know, Twitch stream, like a stream, even if it was really crappy, people would still watch it. 
So I think that companies are probably going to take that and do like a live concert and then also maybe live stream it or have, um, I believe, I want to say it was Onest, but I could be real wrong. I know that there was a group that did like an offline concert and then did an online one. So I think that that might become a trend. But in the sense of just like concert wise, like them having like the event and stuff, I think that not a lot will change. I feel like they would still have those offline concerts and and still do like their performances like they did. Um, maybe they'll limit the idols in the sense of just like, hey, to the people in the front row, like you can't be all up in their faces or things like that. But I feel like the they will still happen. They'll still perform like usual. Um, but I, I but adding kind of like an online factor because they already know that there's a market for that. So again, we'll go girls is fun, then standing BTS. I I 100% agree with what was just said. Um, I think keeping the hybrid concerts would be a good idea from a, a lucrative standpoint. Um, you know, there's there's fans who can't attend these concerts. You know, um, they're only doing four shows for BTS in LA. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of other people who <laughs> would have loved to attend the show but can't. Um, so that's why they are hosting a, an online concert um, for their permission to dance concert. I also think it would be a smart idea if they kept um, these little virtual chats that I've seen um, other groups doing. I know BTS had like a, a Zoom thing uh, that fans could could join, but um, I've seen other groups do like, you know, one-on-one kind of like FaceTime-like things. I think if they keep uh, those going, it'll just open up more opportunities for really these companies to make money, but also for fans to be able to continue to interact with um, with their idols. So something different that hasn't been mentioned yet is that I think the idols are going to go all out as, you know, go as hard as they can at these concerts. Um, I think we all know that the groups who support always perform at the best that they can. But thinking about, for me, like, I'm going to go to one of the concerts in LA and thinking about BTS preparing for that concert right now, I know that they're the most excited they've ever been for a concert because by the time these concerts happen at the end of November, it'll be almost two years since they've performed for a live audience. So just the excitement that the idols are going to have and the caliber at which they'll be performing, I think will be astronomical. I think these K-pop concerts that we're going to get post-COVID are going to be some of the best K-pop concerts ever just because of the hype and the energy and all of the time that we have spent waiting for them to happen. Um, in addition to that, I definitely think that they will uh, keep the online concerts. BTS's last um, untacked concert, Map of the Soul 1, um, had like 114 million viewers live, which is insane. Like, why wouldn't they continue to do that to offer viewership to people all around the world? Because even with the United States opening back up more, there's a lot of places that still aren't. And there's still a lot of places in the world that BTS can't get to to tour. Like they rarely go to some places in Europe, they rarely go to some places in South America. So being able to offer live streaming concerts, even at the same time as a regular concert going, 
I think is just a really cool feature that they can add for the fans. And I know for me, even if I bought tickets to, let's say, this concert here in L.A., if they were to have more tour dates and of offer a live stream for those tour dates after I saw my concert, I might still pay for a live stream ticket and watch it. Um, so I'm definitely excited for the future of what concerts can be, both in person and untacked. Yeah, I think it was Remy at uh, Rolling Stone India who mentioned that um, I think in, in as part of BTS's calculus and perhaps granting her an interview and, and talking to her um, and, and doing the coverage uh, was because they don't get to go to India all that often. And so it was just like, yeah, they re they really wanted to give a, throw them a bone, give them something to, you know, to the fan base that they can't see in person as often. So um, certainly could be a part of the hybrid strategy there. Okay. So new, new, uh, Nuna or news Nuna and Mobile <laughs> Nation. I, I don't think we heard from either of you. I just want to give you a chance. Did you guys have thoughts on anything discussed? Um, the hybrid conversation, I think uh, everybody hit the hit the mark or brought up good points. So that's um, that's why I didn't really say much. But I think the hybrid is going to stay because I saw with K Contact smaller groups, but that are well known. So um, let's say, for example, Card. They did like a collaboration, and I think it's more cost efficient for the groups that aren't as big as other groups to. Uh, go to collaboration concert and do it online. So it's, it benefits them. Yeah. And Mombe Bay Nation, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Otherwise, I'll hand it over to Lily here. Um, no, Kat pretty much said everything. Okay. Go ahead, Lily. Um, well, kind of the only thing I was going to say was whenever KCON comes back, y'all are not ready for the person I'm about to become. <laughs> I'm so excited to see K-pop concerts in general. I feel like the um, the BTS concerts and the Matza X at Jingle Ball will like ignite a fire within me and then I will just have to go see everyone even though I normally try to hit everyone's tour whenever people come, but like it's gonna hit different after COVID. <laughs> Yeah. Um, shout out to DJ John in the audience. Uh, John, would love to hear from you if you're thinking about um, or if you're doing in-person events or concerts. Yeah. Um, okay. One thing One thing that listening to everybody talk about this, the one thing I realize I'm, I'm excited for are actual fan-made fan cams. Like not, not Mnet's fan cam, not SBS's fan cam, actual fan cams made, shaky fan cams with people screaming. Like, there's a whole generation of K-pop fans that don't even understand what a, really a fan cam is. It's so exciting. Yeah. When I, you know, it's part of that, like, it's what a reaction is, right? It, it's you're, you're validating and sharing in that emotional experience with someone else. And and so having that shakiness in a fan cam, I think, is part of that effect. Okay, I want to read out some of the tweets from the audience here. So, let's see. Um, Canny? Or Jay Cook at you tweets. Hi, so just might be similar to how Disney does its character meet and greets where fans would stand like six feet away while the idols stand on a stage and fans could still get photos with them. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe even uh, Master Up Simile, who knows? Um, OMG or uh, Martian Genocide tweets. I bought uh, Yoja Idol ticks and High Touch before the pandemic canceled, but then it didn't. Excuse me. Before the pandemic canceled, it but then didn't see the online concert. Frown face. Um, hashtag K-pop chat. Man, I feel for you. I mean, missing Jen Soyeon. I 
the worst travesty um, imaginable. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, K-World K Lover tweets, virtual concerts will stay, I believe. Companies probably realize it's a good way to make money without investing as much as in love concerts, live concerts, maybe they mean to tweet. And more fans have easier access to virtual ones. Yep. And Young Ajma tweets, virtual concerts are here to stay. Companies reaching fans worldwide are too good to pass up. Bree tweets, I think concerts will be live streamed for the next little while. Uh, me intentionally praying they live stream the BTS LA shows because I didn't get tickets for them front face. Okay, so um, also you can tweet along at each other. You don't have to wait for me to call on you. You can also reply to each other um, as you're tweeting along um, to this week's conversation. So uh, let, let's see. What, what, moving on to our next question here. Um, what are some lessons you, you're hoping other concerts will kind of take away or lessons other concerts promoters will take away from the recent BTS round of ticket sales. Like, are, are there things that you guys want to see as attendees, um, promoters? What, like, what what are, what are like some like basic, simple things like concert organizers can do to to make sure that maybe one they're making they're still making money, um, but you know the process is just more transparent and more equitable. Um, okay, so we'll go Julie then standing BTS. How long do we have? Um, no, in all seriousness, um, I really wish that companies would really focus on transparency going forward. I can't tell you how many of our own listeners we've heard from or even just in our own experience in our friend groups or group chats. Like if you had a code from the previous concert tour, VIP versus general code, um, it seemed like day one, there was like zero sound check. Day two, there was actually zero sound check. And then day three, there was a ton of sound check. Um, and I know there were so many people who had the Army fan club memberships who, you know, thought they followed the instructions to a T, myself included. And then Ticketmaster was like, hey, um, sorry, you're not a verified fan. And it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I am, but okay. So I just think they need to like lay out clear steps about what's available each day and what the decision process is. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone else we'll have opinions and like thoughts on this, but it was just such a mess. Even the like Ticketmaster verified fan presale um, where you had to supply your email, like people were not getting into. So it just made no sense. So, I mean, I would love for us to take down the man that is Ticketmaster and I've seen petitions going around and stuff. And I don't know like how realistic that is. Call me a cynic, but I just really, really hope going forward that they say like, here's the rules, here's what's available, here's the information you need to have um, because we're all just scrambling around at the last second trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, I agree with Julie completely. Knowing what's available every pre-sale day would be super helpful. Um, we were in there on the first day of pre-sales because we had had VIP tickets to the last tour and we weren't able to get them for this tour because there just wasn't really any available, which is okay. We're still just super grateful that we were able to get tickets, but um, some transparency in that regard would be really nice. The other thing, can Ticketmaster please increase the amount of traffic that can happen on their website 
especially during these ticket sales. It seems like every single time that uh, tickets go live, it doesn't matter who it's for. I mean, I even tried to get tickets for Bad Bunny earlier um, this year, and that was a disaster. Um, it seems like the site just crashes at every moment, and they should expect the amount of traffic that's going to come through their site for something like this. They should really, I don't know, boost their servers. I don't know what they need to do, but they need to get better on that end. Go ahead, Jay. And just trying to jump on the whole transparency thing, like, I think every everything that I've noticed from this whole experience of ticket sales is that you're going to promote, like, there's different day or different days for pre-sales why wasn't there just a specific number allocated for each and every day? Why did it have to be that, you know, day one only got this ticket and then day two, no sound check. Why wasn't there just a whole, like across the board, all ticket types meant for each day. And I understand, you know, like, you know, to an extent, you know, they want to reserve for each day, but what was the point when you weren't going to like, say like oh this is for a pre-sale for this specific thing but have like one ticket type unavailable why it makes no sense so like if concerts or like these companies are listening out there whatever please if you're having these pre-sales designate and be transparent about okay only maybe let's say for example 500 tickets are going to be released on day one 500 tickets are going to be released on day two and then general sale, free for, all, free for all, something like that. I don't know. Just make it equal for everyone so that everybody gets a chance. So that was my biggest thing. It's like, I just felt so bad come Saturday. I know a lot of people who were trying, that didn't get on the pre-sale, were waiting for Saturday and nothing. And I felt so bad because I know that there's people who didn't get into any pre-sales. And they were just waiting for Saturday and they got nothing. So I felt super bad. So if you're going to have these pre-sales, make it equal across all the board. And then, you know, it's all up to you on the general day sale. I was okay. about to say, oh, sorry, Peter. <laughs> yeah, no, let's go you, Carolina, then Liz, then Sandy BTS. Um, I was about to say that. I feel like, yes, there needs to be transparency, but also structure and also just allocate uh, like the same amount of tickets for each day. Like we ticketed on the second day and the first thing we see once we get in is a little message that says, hey, there's no VIP tickets. And I'm like, excuse me, the sales just went on yesterday. So how come you released all of the VIP tickets that day or no VIP tickets that day? I've, and I feel like that's what needs to change in the sense of just like, you know, allocate a certain amount of VIP for day one, for day two, for day three, and then for the like general sale, because like Jay was saying, we know people that were just waiting for general sale because maybe they didn't have tickets for uh, Map of the Soul, or maybe they didn't get into any of the pre-sales or, you know, while they were in it, they couldn't get any tickets. And so when you go to general sale, which I know that Ticketmaster did announce, like if there's any tickets left, then there'll be a general sale. But I think that's what needs to change. And and that doesn't just go across for BTS. It's happened for other shows as well. I feel like there needs to be like an allocated number for each day so everybody has a chance. Because if I had a code for day one, I could not ticket any of the other days. So that means that that was my day to have my chance. So 
And then if not, then general sale, you know, the free for all, like anybody has a chance there. But I think that that's the main thing that Ticketmaster has to do. Not only that, but with their server, just having like uh, somebody mentioned, just having, you know, more access for more people to be on it. But at the same time, I know that Ticketmaster itself is a corporation and they want money and they have their own reselling site. Well, like their own reselling option. And it's it's known and it's public that they also were involved with scalping. So I feel like they kind of put that under the rug and people are just like forgetting about it. But, you know, I think that they definitely have a, a hand in you know, the scalpers getting tickets and then selling. I mean, there's a ticket for like $36,000. Like that's, that's a car. That's like, you can buy two cars for that. So I think that just having that fairness in the sense of just like how Jay was saying, like 500 tickets this day. And then if that was your pre-sale, that was your chance. If not, then you have to wait until dinner of sale and just having it that way. So it's fair across the board. And like, funny enough, we're talking about this, but our, our podcast episode for Not Your Average Fangirls tomorrow, we talked about this and we we were saying that we're just like, there shouldn't be a reason why by general, by like comes general sale, there's no tickets. Like there should have been an amount of tickets saved just for that day. So I think that that's what mainly has to change with them. One thing I was I was really interested when I was hearing all of the mess with that was about, about maybe two years ago, AXS, which is the rival of, of Ticketmaster, did a test with this thing they called fair ticketing, where it was basically like you, it was like you were entering a lottery. You put your request in, like, let's say you put your request in, you know, on one Wednesday and you had to have your request filled out and then they just ran the numbers and basically like it was behind the scenes lottery there was no log on at four and sit on the queue and try and click on things and then like a week later they'd tell you oh you got tickets these are the tickets you got or you didn't get tickets and they did it but then people were like mad about it um but i'm just curious of like that how people feel about that kind of system um i just wanted to say that in regards to the most recent bts ticketing for the la concerts I don't think that it's realistic to expect tickets to still be available for general public. I mean, there was just so many people who were VIPs and verified fan pre-sales that, I mean, and these are the most high demand BTS concerts of all time, just because of how long it's been since they've done a concert. And it's their first concert, quote unquote, post pandemic, not that we're really post pandemic, but you know, I just don't think it's realistic to expect the general public to be able to get tickets. I know it's tragic if you miss out on your ticket sale dates or if you're a new fan and you really wanted to be able to go to the concert but just with the demand like i don't think that's a Ticketmaster problem and i also don't think it's like a bts or a hybe problem that there wasn't tickets still available okay let, let's go um julie then lily um and then after that maybe Maybe we can start opening it up to the audience. I've got another question if we don't, if the audience doesn't have anything. But um, so, listeners um, in the audience, go ahead and start um, raising your hand, or I think it's at the bottom of your screen. We can request to become a speaker, um, and after we have these current speakers uh, run through their thoughts, we'll we'll turn the conversation over to you. So, uh, go ahead, Julie. 
Yeah, thanks, Peter. Um, maybe I'm being like conspiracy theory minded, but I was definitely like seeing a discourse on my timeline a few days after about how the queues even work. Um, Liz was talking about uh, different queuing models with some of the rival companies, et cetera. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going off of like an incomplete <laughs> sample size or something, but so many people I saw, everyone was like, is anyone under 2000? Um, you know, people are getting booted left and right. Like, it would be interesting to know even how Ticketmaster's queue is sorted. I assume it's first come, first serve, but do I actually know that to be true? Like, I personally do not. So I'll leave it there. But it was just like from start to finish, a total mess to kind of censor myself. But you all know the word I'm thinking. Um, I was just going to note that, to be honest, I do think that it's a Ticketmaster and Hive problem just because I think that the way that they allocated the pre-sales as well as the tickets available in each pre-sale was kind of messed up. I don't think it was very, um, I don't want to say not fair because like what's fair in ticket buying? Literally nothing is. But I think that they could have done a lot more um, in terms of like, discussing who was able to buy tickets at what time and then actually making those tickets be available. I feel like, I mean, obviously the demand was super high and you can't do anything about that, but they could have maybe not put all the dates on sale at once or maybe um, made only two pre-sales instead of four and then actually opened up two dates at one time or something to that effect. I just feel like there were way more people being disappointed than needed to be disappointed. Um, and I'll be completely honest. Um, but also the wording, like what this um, tweet that was just shared says how they couldn't verify mine and other armies membership. I had a lot of friends that um, have been loyal armies for multiple years, some since almost debut time and, their army memberships were not recognized. Um, and I think that might have been they just worded it weirdly and said, sorry, we cannot verify your army membership. But then that makes the people think that they did something wrong and that they didn't follow the very, very confusing confusing instructions and that they didn't do their part as a fan when they did. And they gave their hard-earned money to have access to these pre-sales. And then they're like, oh, sorry, no. You didn't get that. Like that's not fair. Um, they shouldn't have done that. If you're if you're not going to do like a fan club presale like that fairly, you just shouldn't do it at all. Just open it up and make it fair for everyone all at once. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Carolina. So to go back to the whole like I know that this tour and these dates were highly in demand, but if Ticketmaster would have saved 500 tickets or whatever the amount it was for general sale, which we know that they can do. They can allocate how many tickets go live at what time. If they would have left at least, it could have been 100 tickets, 50 tickets. It doesn't matter for general sale. Then that would have given them uh, a chance to get a ticket by them just releasing all of the tickets available during that last pre-sale instead of leaving it for general sale they took away the chance for people that did not have a pre-order 
to get tickets. And again, I understand that this tour is very high in demand. But again, if you couldn't get, if those 500 tickets were just not available at all during the four days that it was for pre-sale, then somebody that did not have a pre-sale code would be able to get them. Now, mind you, maybe they were all 500 levels, but that doesn't matter because somebody that wants to go see BTS will just go and pay for the 500 level if that's what's available. So I think that that's like, that's a part that is their fault. They, I again, I reiterate from earlier, I did say that they did advice and they did put a warning that there would be a, a general sale if there were tickets available. So they let the, the public know. But I think that if they would have allocated just a certain amount of tickets for each day and each pre-sale and make it a mixture of all types of tickets uh, over all types of sections, then that would have been more fair. And I use the word fair loosely because like Lily said, like when it comes to ticketing, it's kind of like you're in it for whatever you get and and you want to get the best and like that's you know it's all you and whatever everybody else but i think that if they would have set aside a certain amount of tickets which again we know that they do and they you know put live different tickets during different days then that would have been a better option for the people that couldn't have a pre-sale because you don't know what, maybe they couldn't afford tickets for Map of the Soul, and that's why they don't have a ticket. Maybe they couldn't afford, like, an army membership, and that's why they don't have a pre-sale. So it was just, it's different factors, but I definitely think that if they would have just released certain amount of tickets each day, then that would have given a better, like, platform. Instead of just, like, yeah, you only get, like, three tickets, but then tomorrow there's going to be 50,000. That doesn't make sense in my head. Okay. Th- thank you, Carolina. So, um, Julie, and I think maybe Sam BTS, maybe you wanted to say something. If you guys both want to say something briefly, and then I can uh, hand it over to our first audience member. We'll we'll have um, Kenny or Jay Cook at you um, ask their comment or, or ask their question, make their comment. So go ahead, Julie. Thanks, Peter. I appreciate it. I know you want to open it up, so I'll keep it really short. But I wanted to respond to Carolina and, and Lily. I, I'm kind of struggling. What is actually fair? Um, It's easy to say like, oh, this needs to be fair, but that's why I think we need transparency, honestly, because maybe at the risk of sounding really salty or having a hot take, like I did have gold level sound check for the last concert and I'm happy to even be going. But like when I got into the system on day one, I got two tickets and they're like pretty high up. And again, I'm happy just to be going. So I don't want anyone to misconstrue like what I'm trying to say here. But when you're funneling all of North America and especially considering the MOTS tour, like how many destinations they were going to in North America, I feel like you could fill four shows with solely like people who had soundcheck <laughs> for the last concert tour, right? And so I understand that there's new army who have joined since the pandemic. And I understand for all the reasons that Carolina outlined, like there are people that didn't have a membership or didn't have other things, but like, it's so easy to be critical. And I think there's valid reason to be critical. But I'm also really struggling with like, what was the right answer? What was fair? Because there's so many army who had amazing tickets now that didn't get them period or that had them before. I'm sorry, and didn't get them period this time around. So I don't have an answer. But I think no matter who you are, like new or old army, everyone's just pissed off. So I don't know. There's no easy answer. 
Yeah, I guess I just have a bit of a different perspective. The way that Bethany and I talked about it a lot was we felt um, we were happy that as people who held tickets to Map of the Soul 7, that we kind of got first dibs on these tickets because we felt like they were going to go so fast. They were going to get, they were going to be so impossible to get your hands on. So I just felt like with the different pre-sales, although, yeah, you do have to spend more money to get that that fan verified pre-sale code and join the Army Fan Club, or you have had to already have Map of the Soul tickets, but I feel like what's fair is people who paid for the Map of the Soul 7 concert to be able to see BTS at the most, you know, next concert possible. It sucks if you weren't one of, if you weren't a fan then, because I know BTS has gained a lot of fans over the year um, of the pandemic, but um you know fair to me is all of those people who had their tickets postponed and postponed and postponed to finally be canceled um you know that was a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of us during covid so being able to get the chance to buy tickets and actually get tickets um for those of us fans who had the map of the soul seven tickets was i think really fair for us to be able to get almost a leg up on other people who didn't have that before yeah, thank you both for, for those comments. Really love the shift in asking really that normative question, what is quote unquote fair? Um, I think that's a good conversation for us to have, but I, <laughs> we're honestly, we're running shorter on time here. And I want to give a chance um, for our, our audience members to weigh in. Lily, I see you've got your hand raised. So maybe we can let Kenny ask her question or their question. And then Lily, maybe you can be the first to respond um, on that and anything else you got to say. So um Connie or Jake Kugatu, go ahead. Hi, it's Connie. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of The Craze. Um, Jay's here working with me. Um, so uh, I do have like a couple comments and questions. So uh, my first comment is, is that I think, um, yeah, Ticketmaster and Hype definitely underestimated how big of this like ticketing surge would be happening. I think like, with people with the last tour getting tickets and whatnot and also understanding like the difference between like you know maybe uh the last tour uh if those fans can get like pre-sale codes or they may like maybe Ticketmaster has to think about like which pre-sales codes actually would work in this circumstances I think there were too many pre-sale codes I think maybe the thought behind it was to like give more fans more chances to try to get tickets but all in end, like I think they were still very selective of what who gets in which presale. And even if you did get a presale, like I was the one who unfortunately didn't get a ticket, um, but got like the presale code for um, uh, the Tuesday one. Couldn't even get in for like thirty minutes, and I was like wondering what's happening and and stuff like that. So like my question is, is that do you guys think that BTS uh, or Hybe will actually open up additional dates or maybe the better case would be to actually just wait it out for a bit and then actually re like or at least recreate the world tour for even later next year to actually give more fans a chance. I think this is like, yeah, they're testing the waters. That's fine in terms of how safe they can do in the stadium show. But I feel like it's still a bit rushed and leaving a lot of fans really unhappy with the ticketing situation. Yeah, it's a good question. Connie, did you maybe want to reiterate the, the question again? Just because I think everyone's digesting what you just said. 
Yes, yeah, sorry, asking, it's yeah. a lot. I know it's a lot. Um, yeah, the question is, do you guys actually think that, um, you know, Hybe will re- announce additional dates on top of the LA show? Um, just because that there's such a big ask for getting to the, the concert? Or do you think, like, maybe, you know, they should they actually do this um, as a new world tour instead of doing these four shows? I'll chime in. I think I think this is just a testing the water opportunistic thing because schedules with stadiums um, and football schedules and everything and weather are going are huge factors. So I think it's really more likely that they'll reschedule a full tour in the spring like that was before because like they can do it in L.A. because the weather is nice in December and they've got those like to try and schedule around NFL is going to be a huge chore. So that's kind of my prediction. All right, let's go, Lily, because I know you wanted to say something there. Then Carolina, then Girls with Fun. Yeah, I actually, um, like, when I initially raised my hand, I was just going to say I kind of, um, Army, don't get mad at me because I'm also one and I also know how much everybody wants to see the guys. Um, and I do as well, but I kind of wish that they hadn't done this at all um, and just either waited or maybe even done, like, one weekend in New York, one weekend in LA, one weekend in Chicago kind of thing, kind of keep it nice and concise, but still gave more wiggle room. Um, I definitely do think that they underestimated. And then maybe late in the game, they were like, oh, shit, we should maybe have like five pre-sales. But I just don't think that it went very well. And I'm disappointed and I don't have tickets. And <laughs> I'm just a little bit bitter. But also... um I do think that they should have waited. Um, Whether or not they can or could have waited is a matter that only they know um, and only Hyde knows. And we don't know what next year is going to be like for BTS. So I I do understand that they wanted to get back out there as soon as they could. But I just feel a little bit shafted. (laughs) Um, I agree with everything said. I think that this was a test run. I feel like they kind of wanted to test the waters and see how it would go, but they definitely underestimated how many people were going to want to go to this tour. Um, I also think that we do have the quote-unquote impending doom of enlistment. Um, We don't know what they are planning on doing for that, and I think that that's why they kind of wanted to be like, okay, we're doing these shows. Um, But also the main thing is also stadiums, NFL, uh, don't quote me on dates because I don't know football, but I know that that's coming up, right? So they have to work around that those if they want to be at stadiums. So I think that uh, this was definitely a test run. They kind of wanted to get it out of the way, see how the people would react. Um, but again, I also, like Lily said, we don't know how what next year will look for BTS because, again, the you know, enlistment. We don't know if Jin is going to do that whole, like, apply to delay that or if he's going right away. We don't, we have no idea what their plans are. So I think that this was definitely something that they wanted to kind of, like, do and um, just see how, what the reaction would be. But I don't think that Hive, um, like, saw all of this coming, which, I mean, if you're downgrade, uh, downsizing a tour from 11 to 4, you kind of especially a tour that like sold out in like three minutes, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Carolina, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I think if 
they were planning to do shows in the latter half of December or January, they would have to release that information soon. Um, I'm sure it takes a while to get the contracting together to, um, you know, actually book the stadium. And there's going to be other people having events going on at the same time. Um, so if they were going to have shows coming up, they're going to have to release that information. Um, also, like you said, the E-word, it's coming up. Um, I don't know if Jin would have to go on the top of 2022 or in the latter half, but they may just be like, you know, hand- handling this kind of in a messy way because they're they're trying to get a show in before Jin or maybe all of BTS decide that they are going to go into um, enlistment. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Kind of great question. Um, I think we can certainly dwell on it further um, if we had more time to, but I, I want to move us along to um, the shiny print or at Lee Thickum Sr. <laughs> I think you, you had a question or a comment, so go ahead. Can you guys hear me? Yep, coming in loud and clear. Okay, perfect. Okay. First off, I just capitalism is going to capitalism and they're doing the Hunger Games slash Squid Games slash Battle Royale for your tickets. You got to fight to the death now. And I don't see how Hybe did not see this coming. I mean, I'm not even a freaking... I'm going... I'm sorry. I'm not even a freaking BTS fan, but they even had a freaking concert on the UN floor. Who does that? I even heard about that. And I'm like, how the heck you don't think that the tickets going to sell out in two seconds? At the Megadome, wherever it is, I don't see how they didn't know this. I'm just like, I'm appalled myself. I'm sorry for the people who didn't get tickets, but I'm just like, Battle Royale, it's the Squid Games for tickets. It's the Squid Games for Chimmy. I'm just like, come on now. So, I don't see how they didn't see this coming. And again, it's it's frustrating for me, and I'm not even going to the concert. I'm just like... (laughs) I'm just sitting here like, what, what, what's going on? What's the breaking news? Um, I I feel like it's just it's 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 it really is a battle. Honestly, you you see how the venues in in Asia sell out in 1.2 seconds. I don't see how that's possible. Everybody's not on the computer at the same time, but I'm like 1.2 seconds really. And even with all the safeguards that's happening, I'm just like, um, I don't see how they didn't forecast this i mean they saw what was going on this year they saw everything that was happening on the charts they saw all the places that the boys had been i don't see how they didn't know that uh that it was gonna do that and again (laughs) i'm over here really sounding like a fan but i'm just like i am in the u.s and everywhere i turn on tv they had a freaking mcdonald's meal i was at mcdonald's i'm like what the heck so i yeah that was just that's just my comment for the thing I really didn't have much to say but I honestly don't believe that they didn't know what was going to happen and I just again think they just wanted to play their own episode of the Squid Games that's just how it is (laughs) well I think that that is the winning comment right there if you could summarize this Twitter space conversation in one uh, response Um, okay Julie we'll hand it over to you and then maybe we can do two more questions and then we'll wrap it up (laughs) <laughs> love the sound effect love the squid game analogy 
um, agree with everything you just said. And I also saw a tweet under the hashtag from at T22Nat that says uh, it's also talking about capitalism. And I think you said capitalism is going to capitalism. I think the last time we were on the K-pop cast, we were talking about capitalism, actually. So it's really funny uh, feeling full circle at the moment. But Um, So this tweet, anyway, it says capitalism has people discussing what's fair or not when the only thing that Ticketmaster, Hybe, and the group care about is how much money they make. Um, I don't know if I fully agree with that tweet, but I understand the energy they're bringing. But at the same time, if I put on my business person hat, do you really want to piss off or upset like your number one business segment or your number one like core, core audience? So I think even at the risk of sounding like a, a hyper capitalist, which I'm, I'm not right. Like even from a capitalism perspective, this was a failure. Like literally the service was not provided in an effective and efficient way. So I'll leave it there, but I agree. Okay. And I think, I'm sorry, Kat or uh, Nuna. Hi, um, I know you're going to wrap up soon. So do you mind if I kind of yeah, 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 go for it? Okay, so when we were talking about uh, K-pop concerts being different than Western concerts, um, we're going to go to Jingle Ball in Atlanta, and they're going to be the first K-pop group to do Jingle Ball uh, for this radio station. And I'm just waiting to see what the Western (laughs) audience is going to act like because, um, you know, we have, like, we dress up, we have our light sticks, so that's going to be interesting, and, you know, they're probably not used to it. And also, we actually jumped on the radio station's IG Live with the DJ, they're actually really surprised that a lot of mom babies are going to be going to the concert to uh, going to be traveling to go to the concert. I, I don't know if that's normal for Western concerts. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't I haven't gone to a Western concert. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Lily, then, then I'm going to hand along to Kat. Hey, um, I did just want to chime in and say it is pretty normal for um, Western concerts if the group has or artist has a fan base that's um, very vivacious. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but like um, I've had friends for years and years that we've all traveled for um, five seconds of summer concerts or One Direction and then their subsequent solo tour concerts. Like it's Definitely a huge thing. I also know a lot of people that travel for um, Sean Mendez. Um, I used to travel for Fifth Harmony. So it's definitely not like unheard of, um, but I feel like they might underestimate the um, scope of people coming. However, the, um, the radio station that's putting on the Jingle Ball in Atlanta specifically, I'm not sure about Tampa's, but um, they like have experience working with K-pop artists before. Um, when NCT came to Atlanta, they did a few things with both of the radio stations, I believe. Um, and then I think Eric Nam, um, a few other people that have like came to Atlanta um, have done like some promo-esque meet and greet sort of things with the radio station in Atlanta. So it will be super exciting to see though. Um, whenever I saw NCT at the Jingle Bash, I believe is what it was called in San Jose, they made them last, so all the people that didn't care about NCT left, and so it was kind of just the core group of in citizens, and it was really interesting to see, but I'm hoping that they'll put them mixed into the set list like they did the last time that Monsex did Jingle Ball, so that um, themselves, um, it will be really interesting. 
Okay. Um, so Kat or at D Katie, um, or sorry, it looks like you're another member of the Not Your Average uh, Fangirls podcast. So go ahead, um, Kat. I think you wanted to say something. Yes. Hello, everybody. If you don't know who I am, I am another member of Not Your Average Fangirls. Hello. Um, so I kind of wanted to jump back into the whole ticketing thing, uh, the discussion you guys were having earlier. And I think my biggest issue with what was going on is that some MOTS tickets holders didn't even get a chance to get tickets in the MOTS presale. So I know I have a handful of friends who had VIP MOTS tickets, soundcheck tickets that didn't even get any type of ticket and they waited for general sale to be able to get those tickets so i think that was my biggest issue with the whole general sale thing goes i think as far as like hive not knowing what was going to happen there's no there's no way they didn't expect this to be like the biggest thing that was going to happen like it's just not possible with like the spectrum that bts is on they're not even on just a k-pop famous spectrum they're on a western famous spectrum at this point and i think it was kind of foolish to even think that four tour dates would be any type of adequate for 11 sold out stadium tours um uh my question in general is for everyone who um thinks that <laughs> the ticket master situation was quote-unquote fair or was like just um I just want to know, like, the justification, I guess, of MOTS ticket holders not getting tickets What's new fans or maybe people that don't know that BTS was around before 2021 um, getting front row seats or sound check seats. And again, being grateful is like a great thing. But I just want to know, like, how <laughs> that's. Okay, not okay but just how it's like oh well at least we got tickets like no I feel like you guys I'm pissed off about it I feel like everyone should be pissed off about it if you had a MOTS ticket and didn't get a ticket for this show like I just think it's a ridiculous sentiment and like that general sale should have had at least something for any MOTS ticket holders that didn't get the sales when they came out to at least get a 500 seat shit I would have taken anything so <laughs> Um, it's one of those things and thankfully we did get tickets so all right thank yeah yeah thanks for that cat um you know i think just to very quickly respond to that in passing and i'm actually want to hand it over to shelby who can actually illuminate illuminate um more of the workings behind the scenes she, she may be able to answer to your question more directly but uh, you know I, I i might argue that they've just been able to rest on their laurels and um something's being lost in communication because i mean we've just seen army accounts mobilize on big hits behalf and help do the uh, communication work on their behalf. Um, and so they've been able to compensate for areas where um, communication hasn't been as great. And I think likely it was ticket master, promoter, a combination of like um, Western groups that just didn't execute well. Um, and then no one knew that they weren't going to be able to execute well. But okay, sorry, Shelby, I think you, you, you had something to, to share around that. Yeah. Yes. So um, I used to work at a um, booking agency and I did more of the brand side, but a lot of my friends like who would literally sit right next to me worked at like the ticket counts and all of that stuff. So just a few things to note for any concert coming out over the next year or so. 
the entire live industry is still extraordinarily understaffed. So that's going to be your first problem with any show like this is that a lot of the stuff that you guys think is already automated is actually done manually. Like the, the literal ticket counts that people do behind the scenes when people are buying, those are manual. People have to count them one by one because they're right now isn't like any type of um, automated uh algorithm that can count them so a lot of times they're they're playing catch up with how many tickets are available they're like the the girls who do oh my gosh poor things the girls who would do ticket counts at my old company they'd come in at like six in the morning and not leave till like nine at night like they'd be on these desks all day and so it's it's a complicated process on the back end because every promoter works differently now my understanding is that these are about the the new I, I came in a little late so I'm assuming this is about the SoFi shows SoFi is also a new stadium which means they are new to working with these promoters they're new to working with Hyde they're new to working with a bunch of different things so any of the pre-sales things like that all of that stuff had to be set up pretty new all of these things had to be combined new and I don't necessarily think it's fair and it's a big it's a it's a big <laughs> conversation and gripe on the back-end industry part trust me but there's also this balance right now of we are understaffed there is a lot going on um you know, it's really risky for a lot of the industry right now because not having live shows puts us in a very precarious position. So I think that it, it it's sucky for you guys because it's not it's never fair when fans have to be the guinea pigs of a situation. And I totally agree. I just also want to consider like there are a lot of people who work like 12 hour days when you guys go to buy tickets if not more so it's really just more of the process of getting this right and it might take a couple times to do it right because again so many things are manual and I know there's a lot of people out there trying to digitize this trying to make it possible but you're going to continue to run with bumps in the road with Ticketmaster mostly just because the amount of fans for someone like bts is overwhelming when it comes to the ability of people to move quickly enough like on the work side so i i agree with everybody's take on here it wasn't fair that things went the way they did i just also know that it's less of a oh they weren't prepared and more of a there's never really a way to prepare for tours that sell out that quickly they're just they're just isn't it's insane on the back end so that just was kind of my two cents there we go yeah thank you shelby um i think that that's a really critical um perspective that uh frankly we just weren't having a part of this conversation so it's really appreciated to provide uh that that uh insight um i think we need to wrap it there i've been trying to add our final audience member here and i think we're keep running into technical difficulties so that goes to ao mego or meg bts <laughs> numeric seven um who i think wanted to close the chat out on some positive remarks um so i i don't know because we keep running into technical difficulties maybe meg you can tweet your 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 thought and we can all respond to your tweet so again that's um everyone please pay attention to Oh, hello. We can hear you now. 
Oh, great. Hi. Um, I, I just wanted to say, a po- I know people, you know, are talking about all their experiences getting their tickets and I am kind of a newer army. So I did not have, um, like the first day or the second day availability. I only had access to the third day and I totally understand other people's, you know, difficulties getting the tickets, but I want to say that I actually feel super grateful because I ended up getting, my mom and I were both trying to get tickets at the same time. We ended up getting eight tickets instead of just four. And I then had the ability to sell them to other people that I know, some of whom are, I think, on the chat right now who didn't end up getting the tickets beforehand. So I know that, you know, it was stressful for a lot of people, but I want to say it also kind of does work. Like it did work pretty well for me and I know I'm super grateful, but I do feel like, you know, it, it wasn't all bad. That's all that I wanted to say. All right. Well, we, I think we've had our collective therapy session, but that's not to say we can't continue to discuss more about it. It sounds like, um, not your average fangirls has an episode coming out tomorrow. Is that right, Carolina? Will you guys talk about this more? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yes tomorrow okay so, so tune in for that uh be sure to follow all the speakers of today's chat if you haven't already um also all the people tweeting along um to this conversation i i didn't get to read out all the tweets here but like some really 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 great tweets in the audience actually let, let me if i could just shout out one um this comes from mp coco three who tweets complaints against Ticketmaster have been going on a long time in 1995, Pearl Jam sued Ticketmaster and testified in front of Congress. Ticketmaster will not sell tickets fairly unless laws are created to regulate them. So, if Pearl Jam couldn't do it, maybe Army can. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, here's hoping. Um, okay, uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week. I I think Lily. I, I think maybe you're going to take the reins for next week. Are you Are you down to do that next week? I definitely am if I'm not passed out from moving back into my house. (laughs) Okay. Well, next week, we'll be talking about (laughs) K-dramas and how they've been used to um, be a platform, a promotion platform for idols. Um, So, Lily, uh, stay tuned for for Lily, who will be hosting next week's conversation. Again, just follow along using hashtag K-pop chat. And I think it was... um, I'm trying to remember which member of the K-pop chat who came up with the idea for next week's topic. But um, anyway, please join in for that. And uh, we'll catch you all again um, next week. Thank you, everyone, for having a great conversation. Thanks, Peter.